It genuinely shocked me when I got an email recently uh, that announced that Oakland, California had recently repealed a law in which uh, pinball had been declared illegal for the last 80 years or so. Uh, And as a result, uh, there was some pinball celebration happening uh, out in Oakland, California, including Radio Shack setting up a uh, a sort of month-long pinball tournament happening in one of their remodeled stores. And so I actually got on the phone with Josh Sharp, who's the president of the IFPA, the International Flipper Pinball Association, who actually worked uh, with uh, some activists uh, out in uh, Oakland, California, to try and uh, overturn that law. And it turns out it's not the only place that has laws like that. Uh, and uh, to, to learn about that, sort of where pinball is at in 2014 and uh, where some issues for pinball might be coming up in the future, uh, I got on the phone with Josh to, to chat about pinball in the modern age, uh, which you can listen to right now. Let's start with basics. Could you sort of just introduce yourself and the organization you're a part of? Sure. My name is Josh Sharp, and I'm the president of the International Flipper Pinball Association. So what, is that, what exactly does that mean? Uh, we're sort of like the governing body for pinball as a competitive sport. So pinball is sort of unique enough that, that it, you know, it's a, it's a collector's item. It's an operating, you know, it's a device used to operate revenue. And it's also, you know, a, a game used for sport. And that's sort of where where we fit in. And how exactly did you get in, involved in the organization? Like, how did you, how did you originally kind of find yourself uh, into this? My uh, my dad has been in the industry since before I existed. So uh, <laughs> my my brother and I have grown up in pinball forever, and I know that uh, he was actually a, a key person in the uh, the movement to legalize pinball back in the seventies, which is what the uh, you know this whole Radio Shack promotion is all about. Is with the you know Oakland lifting the band on pinball, and a lot of that came from some testimony that my dad had you know forty years ago almost. Yeah, the the reason that uh, you know we're we're talking is because of a promotion side with Radio Shack that is part of a larger celebration of the fact that in Oakland, California, it has actually been illegal to play pinball for the last eighty years. <laughs> it, it's crazy. It's crazy. I didn't. I mean, I guess what's even crazier is how many how many similar you know cities and towns all over the U.S. still have this on the books that that nobody even realizes. Can you can you provide any color? as to you know kind of why that is like why are these still in the books like what is your what is your sense of you know why pinball specifically kind of became uh, sort of cast out in the first place well i mean i think it it became cast out because it actually wasn't you know i mean it was a very different game back when it was deemed to be you know this evil thing and and it was back in the day before like flippers existed so really it was like this bingo machine where you fire a ball up and it would, you know, you'd hope for it to land in certain holes or whatever. And with the uh, invention of the flippers, it became sort of more of like a bat and ball game where players could directly influence where the ball went. But a lot of the, you know, the, the banning that went on was before the advancement of the game, you know, reached that level. And I think what happened was, and what you still see today is, and, and it's not only pinball, but, you know, there's there's laws on books all over the place that, you know, make no sense at all. It's, you know, your, your horse and buggy, you know, you're not allowed to go more than seven miles an hour on your horse and buggy or else you're going to be arrested. And it's like, well, that's okay, because we drive cars now. <laughs> so I think, you know, pinballs run into the same thing where, you know, the, the language around them, the, like the games used to actually pay out money back in the, in the days, you know, before slot machines existed. So they were really 
a lot more like a slot machine back, you know, 80, 70, 60 years ago. You know, slot machines are slot machines, and pinball is really, you know, an amusement device that, you know, is more, at least, you know, from my perspective, more of a sport than a gambling machine. Yeah, it definitely seems like, you know, you can maybe see how these laws came to be, you know, decades and decades ago, and then they just kind of join a legion of other laws that just don't ever get quite addressed, and that also goes hand-in-hand with the fact that, you know, while you have organizations organizations like yourself that are kind of keeping the love of pinball alive, pinball is not as front and center in the gaming industry as, as it used to be. You got it. Nobody's, uh, you know, a, a lot of the people that are even operating, you know, games where they shouldn't be, it's just, you know, something where it's just unenforced because nobody is even realized, you know, the law is so not important that they don't even realize it's on there to enforce. So were, was your organization at all involved in what happened in Oakland, or are you guys just coming in to help celebrate, you know, what, what's, what's taking place there? Uh, a little on both ends. We were aware of what was going on. So pretty much if a, if a competitive pinball event exists, it's going to be on our calendar. And I remember having gotten an email from the organizers of this event out in Oakland that was going on, and they'd sent, they'd sent an email into the organization asking that the event is uh, to remove it from the calendar. And it was they added a note of like, yeah, there's some you know, really crazy stuff happening around here about, you know, whether it's even legal for us to have, you know, pinball machines out. And, you know, I told them, keep me posted. Let me know if there's anything I can do to help. And, uh, you know, eventually that ended up to be this. And they went through and they went through and, and you know, fought, fought the old, you know, 80-year-old law written, you know, banning pinball machines and, you know, their horse and buggy issues from 80 years ago. (laughs) And what, you know, obviously you grew up kind of in a pinball family and then you got involved in this pinball organization. Um, What for you is is interesting about pinball? What continues to sort of fascinate you about it? For me, it's just, it's the uniqueness of the game. There's really no replaceable form for that entertainment. And, you know, even with the, uh, you know, iPhone apps and whatever, where you can sort of play visual simulations of games, there really is no replacement for, you know, a real ball being, you know, smacked around a, a piece of wood, you know, causing crazy stuff to happen and sort of being able to control that chaos. Do you have a, a particular uh, pinball machine uh, that you go back to? I do. It's completely biased, but my my favorite game is actually uh, a game that my dad designed. Oh, of course. Back in 1984. But uh, more recently, I actually, uh, one of Stern's latest uh, ACDC, it's been one of their bigger hits over the last two or three years. That probably gets the most play in my basement. I love it. How many machines do you have in your basement? I have 22. That's a lot of pinball machines. Oh, yeah. It is a lot of pinball machines. I have a couple of arcade cabinets, and the reason I never got into pinball was because I've heard the upkeep is just so intense. The upkeep is not intense if you have a guy to do it for you. <laughs> <laughs> but I would tend to uh, I would tend to agree. I'm, uh, I can fix a light bulb here and there, but you know, typically I'll I have enough games at least where you know once four or five go down, then I'll uh, I'll call my handyman for some help and get everything back up and running. Well, it, it seems often the the issues that uh, you know with arcade cabinets, there's you know 
some universality between the parts that are in there, right? Like, you know, yes, they don't make CRTs anymore, but you can probably get another CRT if you really wanted one. Or you can replace it with an LCD if you wanted to. But with a lot of these pinball machines, you know, the, the pieces on there are incredibly specific, maybe just made for that one machine. It's not like you can... Yeah, that's actually come around a bit with, uh, you know, sort of new technology, whether it be like 3D printing for certain physical parts or people creating like custom boards to be able to replicate what you know the game function used to be mm-hmm. so it, it's actually gotten a lot easier to maintain games you know now compared to say maybe 10 or 15 years ago it's actually a really good point i didn't really think about the idea that 3d printers could kind of solve that you know it can solve a lot of problems it can make you you know these 3d printers are pretty amazing but just the idea that you could fix that issue with pinball specifically of if you need one specific piece, it's a lot easier to just download, you know, the file from the internet and print it out than it is to actually have someone, you know, carve it out of wood or whatever the case may be. Right. And, you know, you're fortunate enough that there's a lot of distributors that still carry, you know, back catalogs of parts and then and Stern does a good job of, uh, you know, create, you know, uh, holding inventory of, of, games of parts i have like four or five of their games and if i ever do need something it's you know usually next day no problem uh, to your knowledge uh, is is oakland like one of the last holdouts when it comes to these pinball laws or are there others out there no. that people need to start championing no i mean it's one of those things where it's it's it's, it's not an issue until it's an issue <laughs> so uh, it's def- Oakland definitely isn't the last, and you know I actually I'm, I'm, we're working with some people in in Wisconsin who are sort of going through uh, similar issues right now in terms of uh, it's not the pinball that's illegal, but they're you know they're running into some some tournament situations as far as uh, what they're allowed and not allowed to do. So it it's definitely I think what what we found is at least since 2008 when the uh, when the recession really hit is that lawmakers are looking, especially for businesses that are looking to make money, you know, operating pinball, mm-hmm. they're looking to be as friendly as possible and supportive to a new business-making venture. You know, they don't want to, if the strip center has five stores and, and, you know, three of them have been empty for years and some guy comes in and says, I have this great idea, I'm going to put 10 pinball machines here and give, you know, people after school a place to play, it's it's like well we can either try to make that work or we can tell the landlord sorry guy you got to leave your you know your thing empty and not collecting any money and then they're not seeing any taxes so I mean it's it's definitely a, a selfish benefit from the government side as well to to really try and and look at the laws and make it work for everyone rather than just saying I guess uh, guess you can't drive your horse and buggies guys sorry <laughs> and and i guess my, my final question would be what do you what do you think pinball is going to be like you know 10 20 30 years from now like what, do you, what is the future of pinball uh from your perspective from uh well our perspective as far as uh pinball as a sport is you know we, we saw the boom with poker and uh and we're definitely pushing for for pinball to be the next poker you know, we're we're in talks with trying to uh, get get pinball on TV and and find ways to uh, you know without the player growth that we've seen over the past eight years that we've been around, we've gone from about 500 players ranked eight years ago, and we're now over 26,000, and we don't see that slowing down at all. So we're looking to you know hopefully capitalize on it and, and make sort of one of those like you know pseudo sports that. Uh, 
tend to exist in the world today, whether it's, you know, via watching online, following along online, or, uh, you know, bringing it to TV. If, if people wanted to, to get into following this, like, what would you what would you recommend to folks? I'd say uh, if you go to our website at ifpapinball.com, we have a uh, tournament calendar that's sort of built into Google Maps, and if you type in where you're at, it will pull up uh, any tournament that is near you, and you can jump right in and become a professional pinball player overnight. Awesome. Well, I look forward to becoming a pinball champion overnight because I think that I think that's what you said. Look, <laughs> I, you could certainly give it a shot. I look forward to uh, seeing you out on the tour someday myself. <laughs> All right, Josh. Well, I appreciate your time and uh, you spending a couple of minutes uh, talking to me about uh, the cause and, and this weirdness in Oakland. But uh, good luck to everything you guys got going on and. Uh, Hopefully you're able to help these guys uh, get the rest of those laws repealed.